Hello friends and welcome. This is episode 6 of Journey into Fandom, a podcast where I have guests on to discuss what fandoms and communities they're a part of, what their experience has been, what the memes are and how toxic or wholesome it is. I'm your host, Karis Lunn, and today on the show we have Robert Kelly from the Record All Monsters podcast on to talk about Godzilla. So he talked to me about the origins of the franchise, how the movies have changed and evolved, and how he learned to embrace his love of Godzilla, even if other people thought it was weird. It was super fascinating, a really good conversation. Now, without any further ado, please join me on this journey into fandom. Another episode of Journey into Fandom. My name is Karis, and with me um, is Robert Kelly. Hello, how are we? I'm doing good, Karis. Hello, thanks for having me on. Absolutely, and you're here to talk to us about Godzilla, which is really exciting. Yes, I am. This is not a topic I know much about, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. Um, Yeah, so you have a podcast also called... Record all monsters, is that right? That is correct. Mm-hmm. I have listened to a little bit of it. So yeah, it's fun. Cause it seems like you do a lot of different kinds of movies on there. Like a lot of them are kind of like old school, I guess. Is it like are you just like reviewing all of the movies like to do with monsters from like back in the day up until the present? Is that the That's the idea, the yeah. Amazing. Starting as far back, uh, first episodes on King Kong, and working our way up to the present day. That could take a long time. As as currently projected, we're looking at five 21-episode seasons. Okay. Um, awesome. That may change. <laughs> Amazing. Exciting stuff. So, this is the segment, and it's called Personal Experience. So, for those who don't know literally anything about the topic. Basically, what I get my guests to do is I give them two minutes to give the listener some context, like a wiki-condensed version of the topic. So, I'm sure most people have heard of Godzilla. I've heard of Godzilla. But, do I know anything about Godzilla? Not really. <laughs> so, <laughs> are you are you keen for this? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I'm gonna start the timer if you're ready. Yes. <laughs> Okay. Yes. <laughs> All right. Three, two, one, go. So, uh, the first Godzilla movie came out in 1954. It was directed by a man named Ishiro Honda, produced mm-hmm. by a man named Tomiyuki Tanaka. Uh, the special effects were done by a guy named Eiji Subaraya, and the music was done by a guy named Akira Ifukube. Now, I bring up those four guys. They're commonly called the fathers of Godzilla, the forefathers. Mm-hmm. Um, the first movie is a brooding metaphor on uh, the Japanese psyche and what being the only nation ever to be bombed by nuclear weapons has done to them, essentially. Interesting. Um, Very heavy, ponderous movie. It's a very good movie. It's a classic, all-time classic. 
Um, but then the series gets silly and fun uh, pretty much immediately. Uh, the next Amazing. two movies. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's what I love about it. Just the silly funness. But a lot of people do prefer heavier, darker themes. And there's a, a handful of movies. You know, there's 35 movies in the series at this point, I think. It's the longest running film series in the world. Oh my gosh. Um, and it inspired, you know, copycats and cash-ins. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big fan of those as well. Uh, Amazing. But that's, yeah, so, and Godzilla is the central character that ties all this together. He's a giant radioactive dinosaur monster. Um, he breathes uh, atomic breath. <laughs> uh, it's not quite fire. Uh, it's like a radioactive mist or plasma thing okay uh and then he fights other monsters and crushes cities sometimes he's a good guy sometimes he's a bad guy excellent you do have 10 seconds left if there's anything else you want uh <laughs> camera's cool too he's a godzilla cash from 65 beautiful That's it. <laughs> that was great that was awesome okay so I didn't know that. So it's like an actual series, like from beginning to end, because I thought they were all like reboots of each other. So the first 15 movies are in a very loose continuity. Okay. Those Interesting. Ran, those ran from 1954 to 1975. And there's mm-hmm. like some reference to, to each movie, like after a monster appears in one of the movies. What next time they show up, people are like, "Oh yeah, it's King Ghidorah. We know who that is." Um, right. So by the end of the series, like a lot of the heavy lifting and the lore and stuff is established. It's done. Okay. Uh, Makes sense. So, so then, after 1975, the series ended just because the Japanese film industry was completely underwater. It was not doing well. Um, there was no plan to stop the series. It just stopped because of money okay in the 80s money will do this <laughs> yes it will in the 80s uh, japan had a big economic upswing the film industry was booming again uh, so they started a new godzilla series that followed as a direct sequel from the first one in 1954 this one is called either return of godzilla or godzilla 1984 um and it started its whole new series which in English-speaking parts of the world is usually referred to as the Heisei series. Okay. Um, because it's named after the then-current reign of the emperor uh, of Japan. So Awesome. We, we, <laughs> this gets into <laughs> Japanese history. Godzilla is distinctly Japanese. Um, it's um, It gets into Japanese history in that each era of the Godzilla films is named after the imperial era that the films were made in, with one exception. Um, so the original series is called the Showa era because that was the the era, the imperial era, from the twenties to the late eighties. Okay. And then the Heisei era was from the late eighties until very recently. I want to say twenty seventeen or eighteen. And we're now in the Reiwa era. Hmm. But the Godzilla films made during the Heisei era are usually split into two groups. The first nine, uh, seven films, I'm sorry, from the Heisei era are in English-speaking world called the Heisei series. 
because mm-hmm. they have a very tight continuity. Uh, Godzilla as a character evolves from nuclear menace once again to kind of a anti-hero by the end of it. Nice. And then started in that series ended in 1995. And then in America, they made a movie called Godzilla that uh, starred Matthew Broderick. Uh, it has a very bad reputation among Godzilla fans. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> uh, it's not well liked. Uh, I think it's fine. I think it's a bad movie in general, like aside from being a Godzilla movie. Right. A lot of the Godzilla movies aren't great though. Interesting. But uh, people dislike it for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> yeah, people do be like this. I guess we could get into that in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me about how you started getting interested in Godzilla. Like, when did you get invested so in this series? My very first exposure to Godzilla was when I was three, and I got into it right away. Wow. Um, That's cool. So I was three, this was probably like 1995 or six. I don't know Mm -hmm. how old I am, I forget. My wife always tells me. Um, (laughs) It was 1995 or six, and I was at uh, a video store with my family. We used to go every Friday night to Hollywood Video. Oh, that's fun. And everyone would get a movie. Mm -hmm. And the movie I got, I usually got some kind of dinosaur movie. Like, whether it was like a tape with several episodes of the show Dinosaurs, uh, the Jim Henson show. Yes. Or like uh, Land of the Lost or something like that. The dinosaur, Planet of the Dinosaurs. It's a public domain dinosaur movie that is bizarre. You should look it up. Weird. Um, I would get some kind of dinosaur movie most of the time. And when I was going through the dinosaur movies, I saw uh, this movie with a dinosaur fighting a robot dinosaur and people fleeing from them. Mm-hmm. And I had just started to be able to read, and uh, my family was Catholic, so I recognized the word God. I was able to sound out Zilla, and I was like, okay, this is weird. <laughs> um, but I wanted it. I wanted that movie, so I, that was the movie I rented. Mm-hmm. And I fell in love. It, it's, it, first of all, that one is Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla from 1974. Okay. One of the... Strange late Showa era Godzilla movies. It was the second to last from the original series. All right. Um, it has a bizarre, like, jazz soundtrack that I love. Oh, that's fun. It's it's beautiful. The, the soundtrack for that one was written by a composer named Masuro Sato, who's comparable in Japanese film to someone like Ennio Morricone, who did the, you know, music for like The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly and Spaghetti yeah. Western. Yeah. Um, But from then on, it was just like Godzilla all the time for me until I was maybe 12, 13. Um, I got embarrassed about loving it so much because kids can be so cruel. Yeah. And my friends were like, you like that? That's kind of for babies. Because it was seen as kind of like on the same level as something like Power Rangers, which I had also loved. Um, But they, they were saying it's... You know, oh, you like that? And if they didn't think it was for babies, they just knew the uh, the Matthew Broderick movie, which, again, in and of itself, just isn't very good. Yeah. So they were like, oh, you like that dumb movie? Like, you've built your whole personality around this one dumb movie? I was like, no, I built my personality around 15 dumb movies. Um, <laughs> but 
so I got embarrassed. And for a few years, like maybe, maybe three or four years, I was not comfortable even like privately enjoying that. That's so sad. And what happened was I was cleaning my, my family got a, a blue, a DVD player. Mm-hmm. So this is like maybe, I don't know, 10 years later. I don't know. Um, we got a DVD player and we were deciding to, whether or not to keep our VCR. So we were going through our tapes seeing like, well, do we have this movie on DVD now? Do we have this movie on DVD now? I found like five or six of my Godzilla movies. Yeah. And I just, I rewatched one of them and I was like, I remember why I loved this because it's awesome. This rules. And by this time I'm like 17 or 18, maybe. And I just did not care. I actually, the girl I was dating at the time, she was like, why are you so into monsters all of a sudden? I was like, I've always been into monsters. This is, this is the real me. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. That's really cool. And since then, I'm uh, 30-ish now, almost 30, get past 30. I don't know. My wife, again, I don't keep track <laughs> of my age. My wife does. Um, but ever since then, since the end of high school, yeah, it's just Godzilla and monsters all the time once again. That's so fun. And it's really cool, like, to see that that journey of, like, oh, I loved this thing. And then you sort of shelve it for a bit. You're like, ah, whatever. And then you come back to it and you're like, actually, the thing is good. And that's great. That's awesome. That's what we're all about on this show. Like, (laughs) I'm really interested in people and their passions and, like, what what gets them up in the morning and why they're excited for their thing. So that's really dope. So what about, like, the Godzilla fandom? Where is the fandom? <laughs> Where do people interact? So growing up, there, yeah, I, th- I think this is a pretty common story with more niche fandoms now, that growing up, if you were into something uh, that no one else really liked, you were very isolated. You were very alone. Uh, and that was the yeah. case for me with Godzilla. Like, sometimes friends would watch a movie with me or play Godzilla with me. But it was like a big fate. Like, we're doing you a favor by doing this, Robert. Um, And uh, so I wasn't really aware that there was much of a Godzilla fandom at all. And what happened was when I was pretty young and the internet was becoming more available, I came across this website called Barry's Temple of Godzilla. And that was my mm-hmm. first indication that there were other people who loved Godzilla because there was a web counter on the bottom of the page. You remember, were you around when websites had counters to show how many people had visited? Web counters? I don't think so. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I potentially, but I don't remember that being a thing. But so this website had, you know, hundreds of thousands of visits. Yes. And so I was like, wow, there are hundreds of thousands of people who like Godzilla somewhere. I just haven't met them. Yeah. Um, And now, like, this seems to be a common experience with a lot of people who love Godzilla. And I know this because I've talked to a lot of people online. Like, they found a website or they started talking to people online. It's a Facebook group I'm a part of that has something like 
120,000 members. It's ridiculous. That's cool. Um, there there are people, but it's mostly online. Yeah. There mm-hmm. is a big convention in Chicago every summer called G-Fest. Um, and that's kind of the, in America anyway, the big Godzilla fan event. Awesome. Have you ever been to G-Fest? Oh, goodness, no. <laughs> Oh, that's that's cool though. Um, yeah, it, it's awesome when like you discover oh, there's other people that like this thing, and it's weird how that can take a long time to like even go looking for those people, and then once you do, you're like, oh, I found my group. Yeah, that's cool. So what about the discourse going on in the Godzilla fandom? Uh. <laughs> the Godzilla people... discourse is. Uh... I'm interested. It's... What do people talk about? Well, mostly Godzilla. No, uh... <laughs> <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> the uh, the Godzilla discourse is really fascinating, and there's there's been a lot of talk within the space and like kind of the tastemakers in the space lately of whether or not it's toxic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think all fandoms have an element of toxicity. I think so. Um, I think a lot of the elements of the toxicity within the Godzilla fandom come from very young and vocal fans. Like, they're just discovering it. They know it's something kind of niche. Um, and they uh, they don't know how to interact with people either online or in person yet. Mm. Um, and the other side of it is or the other side of the, the toxicity is older fans who are very possessive they're like hey no i w- i went through the hard times i the pre-1998 godzilla starvation period i was there i i suffered through it yeah um and you don't get to earn you don't get to have this because you didn't earn it um but i think those are just a vocal minority most of the fandom is pretty relaxed one thing i've noticed that i haven't seen in a lot of other fandoms i've participated in is there's this uh it's an enthusiasm for telling their own stories with the characters like i know fan fiction is a big thing in general yeah uh, you don't see a lot of godzilla fan fiction you see people coming into to internet forums or on facebook just being like, here's my pitch for a Godzilla movie. And it's just like five paragraphs. And they want feedback. Um, mm-hmm. Which I haven't really seen a lot of that. Like, again, I've seen fan fiction and stuff, but just like. Yeah. If I can make a Godzilla movie, this is what it would be. You see a lot of that in the Godzilla fandom. And I think partly because the movies are like a big sandbox. You're, you know, if you're putting yourself in the place of Godzilla, which I, I know I did. I'm sure everyone, a lot of other people did. I think that's kind of an extension of that idea. It's a big sandbox and you want to play in it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the best media is the media that inspires people to want to do their own thing with it. Um, mm. In my experience, like something that's like, oh, this is great. Like I can make my own original characters or what have you, or like, you know, my own plot and things like that. It's so fun. Um, oh, that's really cool. So, you mentioned like the younger fans. Do you think they're coming off the back of like the more recent-ish films? Um, what does yeah. the fandom as a whole think of those? A lot of, I know. Yeah, a lot yeah. of the younger fans are coming off of 
mostly the 2014 movie and they either love it or hate it. So, and that's within this fandom. There's a lot of nitpicking about the new movies. Um, yeah. I'm very grateful to be getting Godzilla at all. And yes, I think there's room for constructive criticism, but I mean, it'd been, it'd been 10 years between the previous Godzilla movie and the one that came out in 2014. Right. I also don't think Godzilla as a character needs to be so narrowly defined as a lot of people like to do. There's a big trend right now that Godzilla uh, needs to harken back to his original film. And I think, you know, the, the goofy Godzilla who does a dropkick sliding on his tail and uses his atomic breath to fly is actually a bigger part of the franchise at this point than the nuclear bomb allegory. Right. And interesting. There's room there's room for both. And I think a lot of the fan the younger fans and the older fans, they want to be taken seriously. They see this is something that we need to take seriously. Look to this dark brooding original. And I think what happens for a lot of people, this is what happened for me, because I kind of went through that phase myself, was yeah, that's important. It's a it's a great film. It's why everything started, but that's not why I started watching it. I started watching it to watch, you know, dinosaurs beat up their robot counterparts. Right. Yeah, interesting. And I think, like, the 2014 movie, like, I haven't heard many good things about it from people, honestly. Like, most... <laughs> I've, I've, not, I've not watched it, to be honest with you, Um, but I know... Like, all the people that I've spoken to who have seen it are like, oh, yeah, it's a really boring movie, and, like, nothing happens, and then, like, Godzilla's only at the very end, and I'm like, hmm. So I don't know if that's, like, a take within the fandom, or if that's just what the normies think that Godzilla so it, is. So it, it's, it's something that a lot of the younger fans say, a lot of the people who are new to it. Um, And it's because a lot of, because a lot of them are newer to it, it is kind of a normie take, you know, it's... uh Right. Most Godzilla movies are around 90 minutes, and I think the most time he's on screen in one of them is under 20. Okay. Most of them average about 11 minutes of Godzilla screen time. Right. And it's because it's hard to write, you know, a whole movie based around, like, 90 minutes, or hell, even 70 minutes of compelling narrative about a dinosaur that can't talk uh, or right. drive drive the plot forward except by mm -hmm. action. Um, Makes sense. And the, the thing I always compare Godzilla movies to is uh, hero stories, like myths. So you think about, like, Hercules stories, a lot of times you get, there's a problem, Hercules shows up, solves the problem, and goes on to his next adventure, right? Yeah. So this is how I think of Godzilla movies. There's a problem, Godzilla shows up, fixes the problem, that goes off to his next adventure. Okay. So to make that a feature length, you have to establish the problem, and you have to establish the stakes that the problem creates. You have to have characters that you care about, and then you have to establish the hero but whether by actions or reputation or whatever so that's 
how most of these movies works, and I, and I think the 2014 movie is a great update of that. Now, most people I know who were upset by that movie have one complaint at the top of their list, and you haven't seen the movie, and this is going to be a spoiler. That's okay. I I will probably watch it after this, just so I have some um, context. But yeah, no, it's okay. The uh, Ryan Cranston was billed as the star, and he dies a little bit less than halfway through the movie. Right. His character right. does. A lot of people were really angry with that. And he he was probably the best actor in the film. I think that's the general consensus, and I agree with it. But I wasn't there to see Brian Cranston. Okay. Uh, I was there to see yeah. Godzilla. And I have mm-hmm. a, my set of expectations for a Godzilla movie were more realistic, I think, than a lot of people's. Because, again, I've been in this since I was three years old. And most of these people hadn't. But there are people who have been watching them since they were kids who had issues with it. Not to cast such a wide net and generalize. So I think when you're in the right mindset, when you understand how the movies work and what your expectations are, it's an it's a really good update of the original series of Godzilla movies. And I think all of the MonsterVerse films from Legendary and Warner Brothers carry that spirit forward. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that um, maybe people just coming into Godzilla, that that's the only one they've ever seen. They're like, well, that was underwhelming. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that ma- that makes so much sense. Like for me, I cried in the theater. Like it was so, I loved it. I still love that movie. It was very good. It's what I want, always wanted a big budget Hollywood Godzilla movie to be. That's great. And I'm glad that it exists and it's out there. That's awesome. So in terms of like the discourse that goes around, whether it's to do with that movie or other movies or what have you, do you tend to like engage in that online or do you try and keep out of it? <laughs> I used to get more into it. And my, my call was always for nuance. Uh, which is something that's impossible to do online, both online and within a fandom. So doing yeah. it within a fandom that is mostly online, uh, nuance doesn't really exist in the Godzilla fandom. A lot of stuff is either the best ever or the worst ever. And the fact of the matter is most of the movies are the very best case scenario. Great. Terrific. Fantastic. Most of mm-hmm. them are fine, like in terms of objective cinematic quality. Like, ain't none of these getting nominated for Oscars, you know? <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. But they're not for that. They're fun monster movies. And I think that's my big takeaway. And when on the rare occasion I do get involved in the discourse, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. For real. Yeah, I think that's important is like, you know, a lot lot of these issues to do with fandoms is to do with people's expectations. And like, I want it to be this. And it's like, you gotta just chill out and realize that it's not necessarily the most deep thing ever. Or like, other people have other opinions. Right. So, yeah. Well, it's... 
It's kind of like an oatmeal raisin cookie. A lot of people say they hate oatmeal raisin cookies because they thought it was a chocolate chip cookie. And then they were disappointed. Yeah. But that's not the oatmeal raisin cookie's fault that your expectations for it were inaccurate. True. That is a good analogy. That summed up the whole podcast right there, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Yes. Don't get upset at the oatmeal raisin cookie. Absolutely. Also, oatmeal raisin cookies are my favorite cookie. They're good cookies. They're my favorite. I'm yeah, I like them a lot. What else? What other discourse is there? What would you like to talk about? Well, one thing I think is important for uh the Godzilla fandom is the uh the legacy that both precedes and follows these movies. Um Giant monster movies weren't really, like, a thing before the Godzilla movies. If you look at the listings of episodes for my show, you'll see that there's 1933 King Kong, 1952, so a 20-year gap. Yeah. In 1953 or two, there's The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms. Uh, And Mm -hmm. that sets off a wave of other giant monster movies. And there's essentially one every year through to the end of the 70s. And sometimes multiple. Um, Occasionally one would be a big hit or be expected to be a big hit and there'd be a lot of cash-ins. 1966 and 67 were like massive years for giant monster movies. Um, In 1967, every major studio in Japan released a giant monster movie. Wow. Uh, So I think... There's a tendency to, with the Godzilla fandom specifically, to be very insular. Like, there's nothing like this in the world. There's a lot like this. And that's great. Like, it's Mm -hmm. a thing. And there's more of it to enjoy. And there's stuff before it that influenced it. And there's stuff after that's been influenced by it. 100%. Yeah, I think that's great. The, it's not just one thing, you know. It's a big genre. That's cool. Well, there's there's a tendency among fans to try and pit, like, okay, Godzilla versus Gamera. You have to like one or the other. But and for those who don't know, Gamera is uh, from a competing uh, movie studio, a giant fire-breathing turtle who can fly and fights other giant monsters. And he was aimed directly at young children. So much so that his nickname is the friend of all children. Nice. But you're like, yeah, you have to like Gamera or Godzilla. Why or why not? And because yes, the more giant reptiles smashing cities and punching monsters in the face, the better, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, it's so fun. So like, like, would you say that there is kind of like a progression of so you kind of mentioned like the tone of the movies mm-hmm. and how they sort of shifted from like being really dark to like becoming kind of like goofy and stuff like that mm-hmm. like where where would you say they're at now they sort of reverted back to like the more serious so now somber tone now they have a more serious tone but i don't think anything that's happening in them 
is any less silly than the silliest movies from the 70s. Um, we just can make it look better <laughs> now. Right. Because in the recent uh, Godzilla versus Kong, I mean, Godzilla uses his atomic breath to blow a hole down to the center of the earth from a street in Hong Kong. That's Amazing. stupid. <laughs> but I love it. And there are equally stupid things in most of the movies going all the way back. Yeah. And I think that's great. I think it's important to be able to laugh at the thing, but also enjoy the thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, and sometimes the the laughing is part of the enjoyment. Um, Absolutely. There's there's a very much maligned Godzilla movie called Godzilla's Revenge. I think now they call it All Monsters Attack. Uh, they came out in 1969, and it it's a very clever and experimental film, but that's not what people wanted. It's also targeted at children. So there's there's two things that people deride it for, is that it's a childish film and that it's not like other Godzilla movies. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a lot of room to reevaluate it, and I think there's a little bit of a reevaluation happening. There's a YouTube channel called Daikaiju Legends who last year, two years ago, released a 50th anniversary analysis of that movie. And it was very good, and I think that kind of idea is stretching back. Like, these all don't have to be the same thing. There's room to experiment. Yeah. That's great. That's awesome. Are there quite a lot of, like, Godzilla creators on, um, like, content creators on the internet? There's too many, (laughs) including myself. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. There's too many of us. Uh... There are so many who do it so much better than I do. Uh, on YouTube, there's Up From The Deaths, Up From The Depths, Daikaiju Legends, uh, Monster Island Buddies, uh, Monstrosities Tokusatsu Vlog, uh, and there's podcasts. Uh, the big one has ended, but it was uh, the Kaiju Cast with Kyle Yount, and that went for like 10 years. Awesome. Um, Gargantu Cast is another one that's happening currently uh kaiju weekly kaiju apostle there's so many and most of them you know everyone has something interesting to say everyone is affected by these films differently and has a different opinion and uh i i was joking about how you know there's too many of us yeah it's it's good to have all of this out there all of these takes all of this representation absolutely yeah, 100%. Do you think that, um, is there anybody that you would say is, like, the face of the fandom or whatever, or like, the kind of biggest content creator, or is it quite, like, decentralized? It's pretty decentralized. Um, in terms of big, like, fan creators, uh, there's an artist named Matt Frank who's actually gotten to work on a lot of official stuff recently. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, but he started out as a fan artist with his own little fan Godzilla continuity called Godzilla Neo. I think that was him. I may be confusing him with someone else. I hope I'm not. Uh, <laughs> but he started out as a fan artist, and uh, now he's an official artist for a lot of different kaiju franchises. As a matter of fact, uh, 
Arrow Video, a UK-based DVD and Blu-ray producer uh, imprint, has used him to do uh, artwork for their Gamera box set and a box set for the Daimajin trilogy, which is a, a strange little trilogy that's very good, very well loved. Now it's kind of a cult thing. Awesome. Uh, but yeah, he was a fan artist 10 years ago, and now he's, you know, the Godzilla artist for comic books and DVD box sets. That's so cool. I, I love when, like, when fans are able to, like, give back to the thing that they love in, like, an official capacity. That's really fun. Have you made, like, any Godzilla friends, like, online, like, people that you chat to and what have you? You know, I've, I like to think I've made a few. Uh, <laughs> I, I do talk with, with Chris uh, McDonald, who's the host of Cast from time to time. Um, as well as John LeMay, he's an author. He's written several books on the subject. Both have been on my show. Uh, another very good friend I've made. He's not necessarily within the kaiju fandom, but he's in the broader monster and horror fandom. Uh, a gentleman named Derek M. Cook. He hosts a show mm-hmm. called Monster Kid Radio. Uh, he was actually he was given an award recently by a prestigious fan community uh, called the, the Rondo Hatton Award. Uh, he was inducted into their Hall of Fame this past year. Uh, and he, he and I talk fairly regularly now, uh, just from, you know, being on each other's shows and reaching out. That's really cool. Yeah, it, it's fun to see, like, people coming together to give back to to the thing that, that, that they love, and it's so great. Yeah, I feel, I feel like there's a there's kind of a, I'm sure every fandom feels this way, I feel like there's kind of a special thing with people who are monster fans because so so many of us are drawn to monsters because we feel like we're outsiders. So mm. to find other people who who identify maybe not in the same way but at all uh is this very it's very fulfilling. Yeah, absolutely. There's kind of a clo- uh, a closeness just from the fact that hey, you like Frankenstein, I like Frankenstein. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's so cool. And I think, like, it's really awesome to, as well, to be able to watch the same thing and, like, take something away that's different from it. And, like, be able to talk about that, like, how it impacted you personally and somebody else that spoke to them in another way. And that's cool. And I think, like... And a franchise has got so many movies, like, not every, you're not going to necessarily love every film. Um, Some things just hit different, and that's okay. Yeah. Well, for me, I know my big takeaway from the Godzilla movies is very different from most people's. My big takeaway is that, um, you know, every Godzilla series pretty much starts with him as a menace of some kind. And by the end of it, he's a hero or an anti-hero. Uh, he's a force for good in the world. Uh, and I, I kind of see that as like like aspirational for myself. You know, no matter mm. no matter what you do, there's a chance that you can still be the good guy. 
Now, that's not saying I'm going around demolishing cities with nuclear breath. But I mean, like, oh, I forgot to uh, to pick up the dry cleaning. Well, that's okay. Mm-hmm. I can still go get it tomorrow. You know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. That's beautiful. And that's just, that's what the show's all about, is chatting about what inspires people. It's so fun. So, like, do you think there's anything about the Godzilla fandom specifically that's, um, like, anything about the culture of people talking about Godzilla that you're like, this is awesome, this is why I'm here? Anything that you've not, like, talked about already? Occasionally, uh, for for me, the biggest thing is the, it it makes a connection right away. Yes. Because it is something that's so niche that you're like, wow! You like Godzilla. Me too. We're instantly best friends. One of my uh, a, a gentlemen I met, he's been on the show a couple times. Uh, we have a mutual friend who kept saying, oh, I need to introduce you to each other because you both love Godzilla. And when we finally met, it was like when two two puppies meet each other. <laughs> They're like circling each other and like sniffing and barking and like playing a little and like. Oh. And so we were just like, oh, what did you think? Did you like this, this last movie? What's your favorite Godzilla movie? Like, just that That's a great, that's always a great feeling. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, like, when you find those people as well, like, you can just celebrate the thing and not be ashamed in yes. any way. That's so good. Yeah. Do you have a favorite Godzilla movie? Just out of curiosity. Um... So in terms of, so I'd, I'd say either Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, that first one that I saw, or Destroy All Monsters. Destroy All Monsters is probably the one that strikes the balance of being a good movie and a fun movie the best. But Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla is just so much fun, even removed from that being my first Godzilla movie. Just... It stops dead in its tracks about three quarters of the way through for a musical number. Um, <laughs> there's a giant robot that's disguised as Godzilla, and then Godzilla fights it, and part of the skin falls off, and you see the robotic underneath, and he like cocks his head like a puppy. <laughs> it's like, huh? Um, it's just, it's so much fun. There's, there's some great lines in there too they discover um some metal from outer space and the the, the scientist character says oh it's space titanium and his assistant goes space titanium you mean it's from outer space um <laughs> and another, <laughs> another great line when they see that there is a robot godzilla his assistant goes wow a mechanical godzilla and the scientist goes hmm you could even call it a Mecha Godzilla. <laughs> yes, you could. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and there, there's a homage to that when, again, spoilers for Godzilla vs. Kong. That's all right. When Mecha Godzilla shows up in that, uh, a character says, "It's Mecha Godzilla." Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. What else do you call it? <laughs> That's so funny. Um, I think I need to watch this. It sounds delightful yes um, that'll be my homework 
Yes, uh, it's it's wonderful. Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla is just silly and fun. And oh, the English dub I love so much. A lot of people like to watch these movies with the subtitles now, mm-hmm. but the dub has so many great things like that, uh, including pretty consistently because the actors are mostly American and English expatriates living in Hong Kong for the dubs, the voice actors. And Mm -hmm. so a lot of them say Godzilla. (laughs) It's great. It's wonderful. That's so fun. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. And, um, Oh yeah. Another thing I was curious about actually is you mentioned the fact that Obviously, the franchise like started in Japan mm-hmm. and has got that through line, you know, throughout all of them. But like, how is that like reflected in the new movies? Because I mean, from the marketing and stuff, it just looks like a Western blockbuster to me. But it very, it very much is a Western blockbuster. But there's so much of the Godzilla character that is so inherently Japanese that. That it's just tied to him. It comes with him. Right. For me, personally, it's very hard to separate him from his background. In a good way. It's not like something that holds him back. Like This is where Godzilla is from, and I love Godzilla. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, I love, like, a lot of anime and stuff, and things so i feel like i should i should check it out i feel like i might enjoy it there's a lot of overlap between between some of the anime community and some of the godzilla community there are two godzilla anime series actually uh one just came out this summer from netflix it's called godzilla singular point oh cool uh and it's very uh heavy and mathy and but it's also very fun i had a lot of fun with it and it has a lot of deep cut references that I don't think you have to know to enjoy it. But if you do know them, it makes it that much more fun. That's and cool. then there were three anime films, feature length films that told a, a story, an overarching story uh, that are on Netflix. They're called. Uh, what are they called? Godzilla Planet of Monsters. Godzilla City on the Edge of Battle, and Godzilla the Planet Eater. Uh, Awesome. And those are interesting. They're very anime. If you're coming straight from the Godzilla fandom and aren't that familiar with anime, they're more anime than Godzilla, but they might be good starting points for someone coming from the other side. Interesting. I might have to check those out also. Excellent. Um, yeah. Is there, is there anything else? Anything else you want to talk about in terms of Godzilla? Um, no, I think, well, I'm kind of here to answer your questions. Are there any specific Godzilla, Godzilla-specific questions. questions you have? Yes. So many questions. So, wh- where does Godzilla come from? Is that established in the lore? Does he just exist? So, it depends on it depends on the continuity. Because, uh, again, there's three main series um, in the original series, there are two, officially two Godzillas, and they were extant dinosaurs who were mutated by nuclear testing. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not that different from what they originally were, and they they're just angry and have been woken up by that. And it's kind of a general background thing. In the Heisei series, Godzilla is specifically a, a very specific dinosaur called a Godzillasaurus, which is not real, um, that was mutated by an atomic bomb. And we get we get some detail into how this happened. There's a flashback in the third film in the series mm-hmm. that shows the dinosaur and then... Uh, shows his mutation. And in the third series, which is called the Millennium Series, um, almost all of those movies have their own continuity. And some address it and some don't. Some of them are just, Godzilla's here and he's Godzilla. Um, (laughs) And some of them are... one One of them in particular, Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidorah, Giant Monsters, All Out Attack, is a long title for a movie. Most people just that call it. Most thing. people just call it GMK. <laughs> nice. Um, in GMK, he is a ghost, essentially reanimated by the forgotten dead of World War II, uh, and he's taking his revenge on Japan for forgetting their own part in uh, in the atrocities that happened in that war. That's interesting. It is. It's very interesting. Uh, it's fascinating, actually. For a lot of a lot of people, consider that their favorite of the uh, the Millennium series. Mm. It's not my favorite, but I do like it quite a bit. You can't. De- I can't deny how how fascinating you know that story take is, and the action's very good in it as well. Hmm. Awesome. And then you mentioned you mentioned the math. You Roderick movie that like sounds like it's universally disliked. <laughs> yes, it it is. Uh, there's there's kind of a take. There was the introduction for a lot of people uh, my age and a little younger to Godzilla, uh, and there's kind of a take now that well, it's a good monster movie, but it shouldn't be called Godzilla. But it's not really a good movie. But it's not you know, the unholy abomination that a lot of people make it out to be who haven't come come to that side. Hmm. Well, what do people not like about it? Uh, the story is pretty weak. Right. Uh, one thing that within the Godzilla fandom that people are very irritated about is one of the, the design change that Godzilla looks nothing like uh, any iteration before it. You know how people talk about an iconic character has an iconic silhouette, right? Yes. And so this changes the silhouette drastically. So it's pretty much unrecognizable. It's more like a Jurassic Park T-Rex with spikes. Right. Than it is Godzilla. Now, that's one thing a lot of people dislike. Godzilla's also very uh, powered down from other iterations. There's no atomic breath. Uh, He's vulnerable to gunfire. Uh, He's not indestructible, which is a big factor in a lot of Godzilla movies. Mm -hmm. And the other thing, and this this is like unfortunate, 
misogyny in all the uh in a lot of nerd spaces um Godzilla is asexual uh he produces asexually okay uh, lays and fertilizes his own eggs uh and so some people are like ew Godzilla's a girl uh which is dumb it's mm. very dumb and that's stupid. <laughs> it is. Well, and Godzilla has had little baby Godzillas in every iteration of the series at some point. So there's obviously a girl Godzilla somewhere. Like what the hell's your problem? Like <laughs> Right. Do you think do you think that about your mom? Do you go, "Ew, my mom's a girl. I'll never respect her again." Uh <laughs> It's dumb. But that that's is a, a weird take. <laughs> That is a reason that people got upset with that movie. But for me, issues with it are like Matthew Broderick discovers that Godzilla is going to lay eggs by running its blood through a pregnancy test that he got at a CVS. Like, what? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And so, like,. That's so strange. Yeah. Um, another thing is that, you know, there's it's a lot of uh, ethnic slurs about Italians in that movie because it's in New York. And one of the guys is played by Hank Azaria. And he's like, you know, you're stereotypical New York Italian guy. And his mm-hmm. wife keeps calling him a, a particular slur for Italians. Uh, That's uncomfortable. Yes, it is. Uh, it's also too long. Uh, it takes a detour to try and be Jurassic Park about three quarters of the way in. Um, it's not a very good movie, even as a monster movie, which does have a lower bar. There are some good things about it. Uh, for example, uh, Jean Reno is in it, and he's fantastic. He he plays a, a French secret service soldier who was trying to help stop Godzilla because the French government accidentally made him mm-hmm. a, a good, it's a fun performance in a movie that doesn't have a lot of fun stuff going for it, but yeah, it's not a very good movie and it does need to be rehabilitated, but we don't have to deny the fact that it's not very good to do that. <laughs> right. Right. It's so weird. I can't get over the CBS thing. No, that's, <laughs> That's, that's that's something wild. That's something. <laughs> oh, bizarre. Um, <laughs> what's like the weirdest thing to happen in a Godzilla movie? Or I'm sure that you could say many things so, in answer I, to that. I think the two contenders would probably be uh, in the 1971 Godzilla movie, which might be the weird. It is the weirdest one. Uh, it's called Godzilla versus Hedora or Godzilla versus the Smog Monster. Um, there's an alien that has come to Earth to feed on pollution, and it turns into this big like heap mm. that's even bigger than Godzilla, and it can fly, and it shoots a laser out of its eye at one point, and it's really weird. Uh, near the end of the, and there's like. A character has an acid trip where everyone has fish heads in a club. Mm, nice. Uh, there's a lady who dances naked in body paint, so you can't, like, really... Or maybe it's a bodysuit. You can't tell! 
because they don't focus on it. It's just like in the corner of the screen for a little while. And you're like, what's going on there? Uh, strange. It's a very strange movie. And they're like little animated segments. And like, there's a, an astronomy lesson for a little bit. Um, but the strangest thing in that movie, most people say, agree on is that Godzilla flies during it. Oh, um, he's beating up Hedorah, the, the smog monster. Mm. who is like, I've had enough of this, and flies away. And so Godzilla tucks his tail between his legs, points his atomic breath down, and uses it to lift off into the air, chases wow. Hedorah down, and drags her back to get beat up some more. That's incredible. I'll, I think I need to look this up on YouTube. Right Just now. type in Godzilla flies and you Godzilla will find flies. it. Godzilla flies. Let's have a look. What's going on with that? Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's just beautiful. The music. Amazing. The music is by uh, there is by Riichiro Manabe, and it's one of my favorite bits of Godzilla score. Yeah, I love this. This is so funny. amazing it's beautiful I might have to watch this whole film it's it's great it's something (laughs) (laughs) Um, the next weirdest thing is probably uh, from 1973's Godzilla vs. Megalon where um Godzilla is tag team fighting this monster Megalon, which is like a giant Hercules beetle uh, with a robot named Jet Jaguar, who I have named my Roomba after. And Jet Jaguar is holding Megalon uh, by the arms, like he's got his arms under him, pinning him Mm -hmm. against himself. And Godzilla runs backwards and he jumps up onto his tail with his feet pointing out. And he slides like 10 feet over to Megalon and kicks him in the stomach. (laughs) Wow. And then the best part about that is it's like the movie makers knew, oh, this is gold. So they did it again. (laughs) It happens twice. Back to back. It's great. It's great. That's so good. Yeah. Like... Like I did, I never really knew that much about Godzilla. Like I knew my dad didn't really like it. He was like, "Oh yeah, it's weird movies where you know they have like people dressed up like monsters and it's dumb." But this just sounds delightful to me. This sounds like such a fun time. It's like why wouldn't anybody enjoy this? It it is delightful. It is weird. It is dumb. It is intelligent. It's very complicated. It's very nuanced, and I love it. It's my favorite thing. Outside of a few other things. It's my favorite piece of pop culture, I should say. Yeah. Well, this has been a joy. (laughs) It's been a joy to learn about Godzilla. Um, Is there anything else? Anything you'd like to to plug just now? Well, there is my show, uh, Record Mm. All Monsters. Record All Monsters is going to be on a hiatus during September and October. Okay. Okay. We'll be coming back for our second season in November. Uh, November. But in the meantime, there will be some little things sprinkled throughout to keep the 
feed active and alive, uh, including we're going to be doing a reading of the 1932 novelization of King Kong, which is in the public domain, so no one oh, can cool. sue me. Amazing. Um, <laughs> That's great news. So uh, there, there will be things, a few things. We're also going to be having, it'll have already happened by the time this goes out, uh, an award show for the movies that we have covered this season. Excellent. That sounds like a lot of fun. I, I'm editing it now. It's been a lot. It's been a blast. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you very much for coming on. Appreciate it a lot. Oh, it's um, a pleasure. Yeah. We will put all of your links and everything down below. Um, thank you so much for joining me today on this journey into fandom. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you, you for inviting good. me. It was a blast. Of course. Absolutely. And maybe you can return after I've seen some Godzilla and can talk about it. That'll be, be fun. I'd be happy to. Excellent. All right. So that was Robert Kelly. I found this conversation really fascinating because I honestly didn't know what to expect from this episode as someone who knew nothing about Godzilla going in. But now that I know a bit of Robert's story, I've seen a couple of clips, I'm really intrigued to check out some of these movies. And I also really loved what Robert had to say about how Godzilla speaks to him and how media can speak to all of us differently. And that is really beautiful to me. My name is Karis. You can follow Journey Into Fandom on Twitter at J underscore Into Fandom. And I am at Karison Ford on Twitter. Please also join the official Discord for all my podcasts, Kingdom Minds, Retrospective and Journey Into Fandom. And also, special announcement, we have launched a Patreon. You can subscribe to the show for as little as a dollar a month. And that is patreon.com forward slash journey into fandom if you would like to support the show. Thank you so much for listening. Bye!